From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Mike here with you. This is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for downloading this latest podcast to keep me out of trouble as I hang out with you for about half an hour. Uh, plenty to get to, as always. Uh, a little nervous here. A couple of reasons. Uh, the main one is coming up this Friday. Recording this late Wednesday night and early Thursday, but uh, Friday I have off from work because uh, my young daughter, Hazel, my middle child, uh, she is going in for surgery. She's getting tubes in her ears. Um, she uh, might have a little difficulty hearing. They're saying it's fluid buildup, and so we want to get this taken care of before she can, you know, go into preschool and all that fun stuff. So, uh, you know, praying, wishing, and hoping everything goes okay. I mean, it's nothing dire. It's routine outpatient surgery, but you just you just hope it can fix a few things. I mean, she's a happy, healthy, funny, smart kid. She just talks real loud. Um, and uh, before she went to bed this evening, uh, she and I hung out in the living room. She was sitting on my lap. I was in the recliner. We were eating french fries, and just she was playing with her mermaid doll, like she always does. Um, I was a little embarrassed, though, um, earlier today, because my boss noticed that uh, uh, I had Friday off, and he, he was asking if I had anything fun planned for it, because, you know, Fridays are busy days, and they, they advise you, uh, if possible, to not take that day off and i just told him what was going on and of course he understood but it was just like i, I didn't want anybody to think i was slacking but uh it just means being the wife or going to be in the hospital you know with hazy friday and yeah never never a fun time even even when it's outpatient stuff like that hospitals do make a lot of people nervous all right another thing i'm nervous about uh, more more or less kind of on the uh dumb obsession things here uh uh, the NFL draft starts Thursday night. Colts have uh, the fourth pick. They got to get a quarterback. I'm hoping they get C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. A lot of talk about the kid from Kentucky, though. I'm not really big on him as much as I am Stroud, but you know, Stroud may not be available uh, by the time the Colts pick. We'll have to wait and see on that. I just hope they don't do anything stupid like trade down and get out of drafting a quarterback and go for a veteran because they've been doing that since luck left and it's just not worked out. No, I don't give a damn about Lamar Jackson still being available. I want a young guy with as little drama as possible associated with him. Uh, but the uh, Colts have a first-round pick, second-round pick, I think, third round, and they got a few in the fifth and a couple in the seventh, I think. So they have enough to build a, a, a healthy roster. We'll see what happens. I'll bitch more about that coming up uh, Sunday after everything's said and done. Uh, uh, kind of an, uh, a thought I had uh, in passing after I talked a little bit about how the NFL's a bit hypocritical when it comes to taking all that big gambling app money but getting real pissed off and punishing NFL players uh, when they do it. And just, just to clarify, NFL players should not be betting on NFL games regardless if they're involved or not. That said... If they bet on anything else, I really don't care because they're not directly involved in anything else. But uh, uh, was it from the Lions? Uh, Stanley Berryhill and Jameson, Will Jameson Williams uh, were both suspended for like six games for this upcoming season because they were betting at an NFL facility for non-NFL games. And it was what was weird about Williams was that he was on a mobile phone. I was like, well, how did they figure that out? And then I just I had to do a derp thing. 
it just kind of occurred to me he was probably using their Wi-Fi and they were able to trace that. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've got a mobile phone plan. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I never use anybody else's Wi-Fi. I'm always on, like, data. I'm always on my Verizon plan. This guy makes a hell of a lot more money than me, and he was still using the facilities. Um, Wi-Fi. And I think that's how they got him. But it's it's still a silly thing, though, um, for the NFL to be taking all this gambling out money and then just punishing guys doing it. And again, if they're if they're betting on games, NFL games, active NFL players, yeah, you punish them. But if he, but uh, Williamson, like he was a um, he was betting on college games. He's done with college. That's done. All right. Um, as you know, I tapped out. Uh, well, a week before the Mandalorian had the Jack Black. Um, Lizzo cameos, and of course, I'm, I'm pretty much done with the show now, and uh, it's just silly season with all things Star Wars, uh, now that Disney's running it into the ground, uh, but even at the beginning of the season, it felt meh, and uh, the Critical Drinker, he uh, he has his own YouTube channel, and he does a great take on the first two episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3, and how it's a master class in wasting time because everything takes too long nothing moves the plot along everything is bad and it, the, he's nailing all the things all the problems i had with those episodes and like he was like he was reading my mind however i had no idea how bad the season would get after that and it got pretty bad in a hurry but you know, I, I got thinking more about uh, him taking apart things and how um, with streamers, they're obsessed with minutes streamed. Like, you know, minutes times number of people watching. And so, you know, The Mandalorian, let's say the average view uh, show is like 45 minutes long. And if you have minimal plot development, if you just meander, meander, drag it out from what could be a 30-minute show to 45 minutes, what could be a six-episode season to like eight or nine episodes or whatever... I mean, basically, you're just dragging people along because you are the brand. You are Star Wars. And um, you can milk it for all it's worth, really. And I think that's what they're doing. Is like It doesn't really matter about the story and if fans really love it or not because Access Media will tell you uh, that, yeah, you, everybody loves Star Wars and The Mandalorian. But uh, it's basically just for you know streaming minutes. And that's kind of sad. Because it used to be like you know, way before the internet was a thing, and they had the original trilogy. Just how jam packed it was, watching those movies in terms of action, and character development, and just and it just held your attention. Here it's pretty freaking boring. All right, so Taylor Swift, she's doing the Eras tour, and every city is renaming itself Swiftville or Swiftiesville or. This is a song about my ex-boyfriend, Bill, or whatever, and, um, you know, she's making a lot of money on this stuff, and she's worth a lot of money, okay, um, but she, she's, I think she's one up to kiss here, because I, I was reading this last week, I didn't bring it up last podcast, but it was like Thursday morning, and I was reading how she was in Houston for her Friday night show, her merch truck showed up outside the arena Thursday morning and there were Swifties camped outside to buy merch from this truck. 
Taylor Swift shirts and all they like. I mean, this is stuff you could probably you know buy on the internet way cheaper. You can probably go to a Hot Topic or a Spencer's and get a Taylor Swift T-shirt. But they were Swifties buying her merchandise, waiting in line for it. You think about some of the bands that you've gone seen, some of the smaller bands, and how on the way out of uh, whatever bar you're at, they're hounding you, you know, shouting out at you from their merch table, and you don't want to make eye contact with them. Here's Taylor Swift. She's got people waiting to buy T-shirts. That's crazy. That's insane. I don't think I have that sort of devotion to um, to any musician, to any band. And you know, I, and I have my favorites. I still have some bucket list bands I would love to see. Um, but I also, you know, don't like leaving my recliner for waiting. All right. So Ed Sheeran is the latest pop star to not realize he ripped somebody off. You remember when Sam Smith uh, ripped off Tom Petty's "Stay with Me." And because of that, Sam Smith went insane and now looks like he fell down on a hot topic. Uh, Ed Sheeran looks like he could be the next pop star to cross-dress to stay relevant. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he'd do it, but uh, uh, I've been thinking now, uh, uh, loud or whatever the hell that song's called, it's from 2014. It's a slow ballady type of song. Uh, now he's being sued by the, say, uh, the, uh, the, the estate of Marvin Gaye because... Rhythmically speaking, it sounds a hell of a lot like Let's Get It On. And if you listen to each song next to each other, yeah, it kind of does. kind of sort of does. Uh, but Ed Sheeran says he had not he heard this song until recently. And I'm just thinking, good Lord, dude. I, I probably heard this song when I was eight for the first time. And that was like decades ago. And no, I don't know what the hell that song was about when I was eight because I was eight. Well, mate, I'm dumb, but I realize, hey, that's Marvin Gaye singing this song about let's get something on. And, and you know, Ed Sheeran saying, I, I haven't heard this song until I was an adult. Oh, get out of here. Uh, speaking about uh, of adults and people who are not adult, uh, Matthew Perry, you know, he left, released his memoir about his time with friends. And the big to-do about that was um, he decided to rag on Keanu Reeves. He was talking about all the actors who passed on. Uh, they deemed talented, but uh, Keanu Reeves still lives. And we all know that Keanu Reeves isn't necessarily the greatest actor in the world, but he's the most likable actor in the world. And I've never heard a damn person outside of Matthew Perry say anything bad about him. And it was just this bad joke that uh, everybody gave him shit for. And he's come out, I think, days ago saying... Uh, basically that uh, any future version of his memoir will have the Keanu Reeves references taken out. Now, I'm not a big fan of censorship, even when it's the publisher or the estate going back retroactively doing that. I've talked about it countless times. But I don't know. This, it's Matthew Perry. I'm not going to go read a Matthew Perry memoir. I think the best thing Matthew Perry could do is uh, just replace Keanu Reeves' name with Ezra Miller because... Uh, Ezra Miller's a turd, and, and more on that guy in just a few moments, or that group of guys, whatever the hell he calls himself. But yeah, Matthew Perry's self-censoring here. You're just just put in Ezra Miller's name for love of Christ. All right, so um, John Leguizamo still can't let go of the fact that he was in a shitty version of the Mario Brothers movie, and he hates how successful the current one is. This one's about ready to make a billion dollars, and he's attacking it for not being inclusive because oh you know you don't have a latino character you know i was in there i played luigi yeah you were 
a Latino Luigi and Bob Hoskins was a British Mario. You guys are playing Italians. Um, and you're bitching about this cast not being inclusive. Well, he's uh, now saying that uh, uh, he might change his mind if the sequel offers him up a role in the movie. <laughs> you know, for inclusivity's sake. And it got me thinking, well, well how white is this cast? Uh, how uh, waspy, I guess, is this cast for Super Mario Brothers? I mean, yeah, uh, Chris Pratt and Charlie Day are, are exactly Italian. Or they don't look Italian, um, but is it is it all just wasp type actors? And so you know, I, I broke out ye old Google, ye old Wikipedia. Uh, looked up some stuff about the uh, the cast just to see again how Anglo everybody is. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy, the voice of Peach, uh, she's actually got uh, Argentinian descent in her. Uh, Keegan Michael Key of Key and Peele fame, Comedy Central, uh, well known voice actor Kevin Michael Richardson. Are both black. Uh, by the way, if you've ever seen the documentary, I know that voice. Uh, uh, John or yeah, John DiMaggio, who does the voice of Minner from Futurama, puts that together. And uh, Kevin Michael Richardson shows off his chops in terms of voices, and is just fantastic. But you know, both guys black. They're in the movie. Seth Rogen. Uh, I don't know if you know this. He's Jewish. Fred Armisen, uh, formerly of SNL. Uh, he has ancestors from three continents. That aren't North America. I think uh, he's got family from Venezuela, Germany, and South Korea. And uh, he plays Cranky Kong. I thought for a minute Cranky Kong was voiced by uh, Larry David, but uh, <laughs> I guess that's what Armisen sounded like. But uh, you know, it's, I know it's a diverse cast right there, but it's a talented cast, and they, uh, they everybody teamed up, did a decent animated movie, and they didn't need John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo's problem is the only reason why this movie isn't inclusive is because he's not drawing a paycheck from it at all. And so that's why he's bitching about it. And he's just got to let this go. I don't think I've seen... I mean, Tom Selleck didn't even uh, whine this much about passing up Indiana Jones and letting uh, Harrison Ford have it. I, I've never seen anybody whine and moan about something like this. I mean, sure, Mario is a, a very successful animated movie. It's going to make a lot of money. But it's not like John Leguizamo is living in a dumpster somewhere. I mean, he does have somewhat of a career. I just, I don't understand the fascination with this. And he's, he seems to be the only person pissed off about it because, again, this movie's making a lot of money. All right, so uh, continuing on with movies that uh, could make a lot of money, or maybe not. Uh, the DCEU, as you know, is a, is a dumpster fire because, well, it was mismanaged. Now you got James Gunn coming aboard and... Uh, pretty much rebooting all the DC film and television projects. Um, so a lot of people aren't as eager to go see them, but uh, The Flash is still expected to come out this summer. Uh, and Ezra Miller's in it. And uh, I guess according to some test screenings, people are excited to see The Flash. They're saying good things about it. I don't know how that's possible, to be honest, given the fact that uh, the DCEU is basically folding in on itself. I mean, yeah, Michael Keaton's in it as Batman, but uh, the DCEU is not going to be around, and it's going to be replaced by James Gunn, James Gunn's version of uh, the DC universe cinematically. And plus, given all the problems that Ezra Miller has had recently in terms of getting into fights with people at bars, uh, kidnapping a woman and her kids... Just all sorts of crazy things. I don't see where the excitement is coming from. 
But then again, I'm just a simple caveman lawyer living somewhere out in the Midwest. And I say this as a guy who loves superhero movies, uh, as long as they don't suck. And, uh, you know, I, I like The Flash. I'm more of a Wally West fan than I am Barry Allen. But, uh, you know, if, if this was anybody else in the role, I would go see it. Uh, but it's not. And the fact that you have to hype the fact that Batman's in it. And the fact that The Flash has one of the best rogues galleries in comic books and you're using a Superman villain in it. It's just, it's weird to me. I don't know what they're doing with this movie or how it will ultimately tie in with James Gunn's version of DC, but it's kind of a wait and see thing. Uh, J.K. Rowling not wasting any time um, dogging on her haters, which is fine. Uh, you know, she's on Twitter living her best life and uh, she's a she's damn near a billionaire and Harry Potter uh, will be rebooted as a series on Max. Uh, basically, all the books that were movies are now going to become a TV show, and I, I don't know. I, on the one hand, I do think Hollywood is just reboot heavy, so I'm a little skeptical about this stuff. But on the other hand, you know, it makes a lot of people who do not share her views cry, get upset, and of course, you got the people like dogging her and stuff. And she just went on Twitter saying that she was going to c celebrate by, like, think uh, bathing in cases of champagne. I mean, God, that's uh, that's like a thumb in the eye to some of these people. <laughs> She's not backing away. Um, but you know, this is this is kind of where you know I, I grip my teeth and roll my eyes about groupthink because J.K. Rowling is a progressive. She leans left. Uh, as far as the gay community is concerned, I mean, she uh, is an avid supporter of them. And, you know, she, she even said one of her characters in her book, books was gay. Um, but when it comes to, you know, trans women versus uh, genetically born women, like, if you don't share all the opinions, you're obviously Hitler. But, you know, she's got a billion dollars, so she can tell anybody to go F off. And I, for one, don't know what it's like to bathe in champagne. I don't think I'll ever get to that point. Okay, so uh, the big news earlier this week, uh, and this I... I remember looking at Twitter Monday going, holy crap, this is a big one. Tucker Carlson uh, is out at Fox News. Uh, he was fired. His last show was Friday, uh, Monday. Um, and by the way, uh, you know, the um, the reaction has been pretty bad toward Fox News for doing it because he was its biggest star. Um, uh, they're saying that the, the outside of paying that big payoff to Dominion, over uh, the uh, 2020, yeah, 2020 election results, uh, that they may have lost a billion dollars in value because of this, and people are can canceling their Fox uh, Nation, Fox News subscriptions, canceling cable because of it. Uh, it could be kind of like um, <clears throat> the Bud Light fiasco, and you know, there's always a fiasco when you don't read the room. But he, uh, I've heard that there was some contention between him and his producer. And, um, yeah, if, if what I'm reading is true, if he, he, uh, was, uh, being brutish and, uh, vulgar toward her and mistreating her, I don't care how big you are, there's no room for it. Uh, but again, this is all hints, allegations, and things left said at the same time, though, you know, Fox News is trying to, uh, tiptoe away from, uh, Trump and the 2020 allegations and all that, and it could have huge implications in terms of its numbers, it's kind of a wait and see type of thing, but it's playing out like a cable news version of uh, of uh, the whole Bud Light saga that we're just getting over here. And I, you know, as far as Tucker Carlson is concerned, I mean he's 
he's still going to get paid. Uh, I think pretty much uh, paid out his contract. They just don't want him on TV anymore. And uh, there has been some interest expressed in, uh, like, I think, OWN, O-A-N, that cable news network. Uh, if he joins them, I mean, he would put them on the map for sure. But uh, he probably wouldn't get the same exposure as he would on Fox News. Um, but, um, yeah, the um, the interesting thing was uh, from the Drudge Report, which has uh, gone a lot more left recently. But uh, they pointed out that uh, Tucker Carlson, despite all of his success on cable news, uh, compared to his predecessor, Bill O'Reilly, uh, had probably about a million less watching per night. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily because of Tar Tucker Carlson. I mean, yeah, he's got his haters and he's got his super fans. But I, I think it's interesting to note that, you know, Fox News has been, like, leading cable news uh, for a long time now. Le leading its competitors in the dust. When you see a number like that, as low as it was, uh, it, I think a lot of people are kind of getting away from cable news. I don't think anybody is leaving Fox News necessarily for CNN or MSNBC. More on that later. But, you know, I don't watch cable news. Um, I get a lot of it from Twitter, from social media. Um, and, you know, I get to determine what is real, what is not. I, I mean, I, it's not that I'm living in a fantasy world, but what's more believable you know, it's it's an information supermarket out there. Buyer beware. If you buy into something, you make sure you do your homework. But I think a lot of people are kind of getting away from the sitting around the clock, being scared out of their wits or whatever from whatever side. And I think that's why, you know, cable news are in is in decline. But I think Tucker Carlson will find another outlet because he was their home run hitter, regardless of the allegations are true or not. So... We'll see how that plays out. And uh, CNN lost a, <coughs> uh, a big contributor as well. Uh, after 17 years of the network, they decided to fire Don Lemon. So he's no longer uh, the ray of sunshine for their morning show. <laughs> it's 17 years. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but he's 50, I don't, I'm worried about him because he's 57 and he's past his prime, but then I realize he's got a penis, and if you're a woman past 50, that's uh, that's when you're past your prime, according to him. Yeah, he was not a good dude to work for, and just, I'm, he, I, I don't understand the appeal of that guy because there was no appeal. Like, he was not somebody you could, you know, relate to. Uh, but a funny thing uh, about this, you know, a couple more observations before uh, I go on to something else here. Uh, they decided to fire him Monday during the big news of Fox firing Tucker Carlson. It was almost like, okay, this is going to draw fire from the fact that we're firing Don Lemon. Um, so if you're going to get rid of a problem employee, make sure it's during like a, a shit storm like it was when Fox News decided to fire Tucker Carlson. Uh, also, I and it's not that I think that uh, Tucker or Don hang out together. I that would be the world's weirdest uh, odd couple. But they have hired the same lawyer uh, for each of their respective cases. The same guy will handle Tucker Carlson being fired by Fox News and Don Lemon being fired by CNN. And uh, if it's any if Fox News needs anything right now, it's another freaking lawsuit. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right, uh, more serious story. I said I was going to get to this last week, um, and I do have this linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page going back last week if you want to do a little archive digging. But uh, 
uh, there was like this uh, junior high uh, wrestling tourney out in Illinois at suburban Chicago and uh, you know this dude uh, he, he's just a beast he uh, he knows how to handle himself on the mat and he won uh, by uh, I think a technical a, a tech fall or something I I don't know my wrestling outside of hitting people with a chair but he, he wins he's 14 years old after the match he reaches to shake the hand of his appoint his opponent that he beat and the opponent sucker punches the dude in the face it's caught on video and of course the dude that did the punching is suspended it's like piss poor sportsmanship to say the least pretty shocking stuff um, and I don't know I mean it's it's kind of a sign of the times that uh, you can't be a good sport and lose with dignity. I mean, obviously, the dude that won was gracious and humble enough to extend his hand, so I don't think this dude was evil. But the loser uh, decided to be, you know, a loser and punch him in the face. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, eventually this kid is going to be an adult and has to take, you know, his own responsibilities and hold himself accountable but I mean how do you get to be like that is it the parents is it the coaching I you know I don't know it, the the behavior is learned from somewhere and if he's got like you know parents at home that are kind of like little league dad or you know dance mom that's a problem uh, you can't get the kids too hyper competitive you go there to support them and then you let the coaches coach them um, but you, you, you don't lose like that. And it's kind of scary stuff because, I mean, it if it becomes the norm, who'd want to compete, right? Unless, of course, you fight back, and then it just gets to become silly season. So, yeah, you want to look at this video. The kid, I think, has had to get some surgery. I mean, nothing life-threatening or anything like that, but I think he may have had a broken nose. Uh, but it is linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. All right, and another sign of the times that... Um, Things are kind of stupid. We go out to San Francisco once again. Um, and it, it seems like there's been three cities that I've talked about in recent podcasts. And they always seem to come up. Chicago, Portland, Oregon, and San Francisco. San Francisco, a Target out there. Target. Um, which is, you know, a store for the middle class that like to think they're high-end. You know, you know, they got some nice stuff, but it's affordable stuff. You wouldn't think they would have too much problem with loss prevention uh they uh there was a tiktok video and god i hate saying tiktok and i hate using tiktok but uh, this was interesting content um the um a lot of the toiletries at this target were behind glass cases and we're not talking like electric razors we're talking about shaving cream we're talking about bars of soap and shampoo um, because crime's gotten so out of hand, loss prevention has gotten so out of hand, they're putting routine things that you get for free at a hotel behind glass. And when does it get to be too expensive for Target to sell shampoo rather than just put it behind glass case? I mean, and I'm not making a joke there. I mean, this is a serious question. Like, loss prevention, uh, theft, you know, shoplifting has become a problem in major American cities. In San Francisco, you see this in the Target there, and you're wondering, well, how long is this Target going to be there? And it kind of goes back to what I was saying, um, was it last week? No, it was uh, two weeks, uh, two podcasts ago. Uh, your best bet in the long term is get to get out of the bigger cities and you know go places where people know how to behave. 
because in big cities, politicians will enable bad behavior. Now, Afro Man, I don't know uh, what kind of, well, I kind of do know what behavior he will, <laughs> he will uh, condone. Uh, he has actually filed paperwork to run, I think, as an independent in 2024. That's right, President Afro Man. I mean, I, you know, you got uh, DeSantis versus Trump over in the Republican Party with uh, the, the five or six delusional people that think they're going to become the Republican nominee. And then you got Joe Biden, who's 80 freaking years young. <laughs> uh, he's going to run again, apparently. Uh, Marianne Williams, one of the Kennedys, is char- ch- um, challenging him. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure the Libertarian Party will throw somebody stupid out there because they usually do. But Afro Man is now in the mix. I'm wondering what platform he's going to run on. It's a, it's a mystery. He just said he's going to run. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll 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 see what his major what his major talking point is going to be in the debates. I guess if they let him in on stage, he'll probably forget to go on stage because he got lost. All right, uh, D. Snyder. He's been political lately, uh, but then again, what rock star hasn't? Um, he's right about one thing, and he's right about a movie that I refuse to see. He says if there is a worse movie of twenty twenty three. It is 80 for Brady's, the Tom Brady movie with uh, Sally Fields and Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. And um, basically, it's the Golden Girls go see the Super Bowl. Um, that's the premise of the movie. And uh, I don't know if it's the worst movie of 2023. I just know I don't want to see it. But every time I saw a trailer, full-on cringe. So uh, I give you credit there, uh, D. Snyder. Anything else that you've been talking about right lately... Eh, no, I give you credit on AD for Brady. And finally, one guy that uh, I always am glad to see speak his mind, regardless if I agree with him or not, is Charles Barkley. And he's doing just that with the uh, NBA playoff coverage. Recently catching flack from cat owners because he said that uh, cats aren't real pets and he has his own lists of reasons. I'm going to correct him here. I mean, I'm not pissed off. I've got two cats of my own. Um, but cats can be pretty affectionate animals. They can also be a-holes, but for the most part, they can be affectionate animals. I'll leave you with this. Dogs are pets. Cats are also pets. Fish are just decorations with eyes that will eventually die on you. You spend all that money, that aquarium, on fish. you got to flush them down the toilet. You can't pet a fish. Now you can eat a fish. And, yeah, if you get desperate, maybe don't flush it down the toilet. With all that said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 